You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Friday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm the host of this show, and today I've got Cam Berry and Brooks Childress with me for an hour and a half. We've got Auburn softball coming up. 4.45 airtime, they will take on Mississippi State at 5 o'clock tonight inside of Jane B. Moorefield. The season finale for the SEC regular season as the Tigers take on the Bulldogs, trying to lock up a top-four seed in the SEC softball tournament, also trying to get a top-16 seed in the NCAA tournament, which would make them a regional host, so a lot on the line for the Tigers. So that's why we're getting off air at 4.30. In this hour-and-a-half edition of the show, of course, we'll take all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll have a nightly TV guide. We'll also have a what to watch for over the weekend and a birthdays in sports. But we also will have a lot of talk on something we've mentioned a lot throughout the week but became official today. Peyton Thorne is on his way to the Plains. He will be an Auburn Tiger. The Michigan State transfer committing to Auburn earlier today. Already signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah. And so Peyton Thorne will be an Auburn Tiger uh, we will talk about the impact that he will have or could have on the team. We'll also talk about, coinciding with that, some wide receiver news as Auburn tries to land one or multiple receivers throughout the next few days to try and help out that receiver room. So we'll talk a little bit about that and a lot more here on the show today. We'll break down that Auburn baseball series against LSU and mention a little softball too. So Auburn heavy edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show today. Ryan Brooks and Cam with you here on this fun Friday. Cam, we will start with you. I hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm doing great, especially now knowing that Auburn has a very talented passer uh, coming in uh, in the backfield now. Um, really excited that Peyton Thorne you know, has officially committed um, and signed. So he is an Auburn Tiger. Um, and that that's really exciting to hear about. Really excited to break down everything. And, and um, you know, we had a little bit of talk about him. Uh, obviously over the last few days because we were expecting him to officially commit but now that it's actually happened we can uh, go a little more in depth of about how um, you know how he's going to fit into uh, Hugh Freeze's offense and and everything that he really brings to the table so uh, really really excited and then um, also you know um, just turning to basketball for a sec Matthew Cleveland is expected to announce his transfer um his official decision on Sunday uh obviously you know a few people know that he's kind of slowed down with Auburn a little bit um but you never know you know something might happen where he does commit to Auburn but um you know it's looking like maybe Miami or Missouri Missouri uh it seems like Missouri is probably gonna be the more likely choice um but um yeah still you know Auburn's on the table and then you know expecting something from Tyron Lawrence at some point soon um but yeah with these wide receivers as well the the transfer from uh Colorado Montana uh hyphenated name don't remember the full name but I do know his first name is Montana out of Colorado so basically we just kind of uh switched um receivers uh so yeah pretty pretty uh exciting stuff to talk about but yeah I'm doing great it's Friday going to Birmingham uh, you and me both. So, yeah, going to spend the weekend down there with my girlfriend. Montana Lamonis yep. Craig. That. I believe is how you say the middle name there. I like my pronunciation of Montana and Craig. Yeah. Uh, just debating on the middle name there. But, uh, <laughs> that would be the Colorado receiver. We'll talk about those receivers in just a moment. But, yes, I'm also heading up to Birmingham, so we have some purposes up there this weekend. Brooks Childress also on the show today. Brooks, good to have you back, sir. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, it's good to be back on the show. I feel like, you know, after you know, taking the week off and then 
with some high school stuff this week. I, I'm barely on the show. And, well, really, over the past few weeks, I've just been barely on the show. And so it's always refreshing to get on here and talk some sports. Um, want to give a shout out to Beauregard softball. They had a, had a good season this year. Obviously, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, fell a little short in the area tournament. Couldn't couldn't beat Elmore County yesterday, but they had a good season. Shout out to uh, Bailey Abernathy, her the lone senior on that team. She's going on to play college ball at Shorter College. So can't wait nice. to see what she does in the next level. And uh, can't wait to see what Scott Meadows, coach uh, coach Scott Meadows, and the the rest of that team has in store next year. Should be a really good team. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting back out there next next spring with them, and so, you know, it, it's a it's a busy weekend in sports. Two bit to uh, home diamond sports series this weekend for the Tigers. Mississippi State on the softball side of things, the number one LSU on the uh, baseball side of things, and then of course graduations going on this weekend. Congratulations to all the Auburn students out there that are graduating this weekend. No matter what level, if it's undergrad, associates, you know, uh, uh, all the way up to a, a PhD, congratulations, you made it. And if you're a student that has a final tonight. Uh, on Friday night, I'm sorry. Why are you listening to us? And <laughs> you, you should be studying. But I, I, I'm very sorry. But enjoy your summers, and can't wait to uh, can't wait to get into the show today. A lot, lot to talk about. A lot of uh, calls to take, and we're gonna have some fun. Do you want me to have kind of like a cynical send off for the for the graduates real quickly? Do it. Congrats on the graduation. Go get a job. <laughs> uh, go get a job right now. It's time. Uh, I'm just it's kidding. Time. Uh, but I'm not kidding. But uh, congratulations to. Uh, to everyone out there, of course, uh, I think there is a graduation today. They'll be all weekend long. Um, I will not be around for that because uh, big crowds Gosh. and uh, I have other business in Birmingham. So uh, I will not be here, but I, I, we're certainly not that far removed from that. I remember that. Uh, still, it was such a special day. So I hope everyone uh, celebrates and, and has a great time throughout this weekend. A lot of hard work. Well done. Speaking of a lot of hard work, Auburn's been hard at work in the transfer portal. They have been trying to get some new guys in there uh, before Hugh Freeze's first season, and especially at the quarterback position. And we have talked ever since last Friday, really. I mean, every part, or not every part, but every show has had at least a part of it where we've discussed either Casey Thompson in Nebraska or Peyton Thorne out of Michigan State. Today, we can say, you know, Awesome for Casey Thompson that he's going to find a new home. It will not be Auburn because yeah. Auburn has chosen their quarterback and their quarterback has chosen them. It is Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. Of course, we have talked about him throughout the week, but we're going to talk about him at length right here. Again, 6'2", coming out of Michigan State, was a two-year starter for the Spartans. Of course, was a part of that uh, renaissance team for the Spartans two years ago where they started, I think, 7-0 or 8-0 and then yeah. lost a couple down the stretch right after Mel Tucker got the extension, uh, including a beatdown against Ohio State, which I'll get to in just a little bit. Uh, but two pretty solid years of starting quarterback at Michigan State had similar numbers to the other option for Auburn, which was, of course, Casey Thompson, as just stated. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, deciding to go with Auburn is Peyton Thorne, and Auburn going with Peyton Thorne. 62.5% last year, 19 TDs to 11 picks. The year before, he was a little lower completion percentage, 16.5%, but 3,200 yards, 27 TDs, and 10 picks the year before. So he's a little better in 2021 than he was in 2022, a, I would say. He had a better team in 2021 as well. And that, that also being the case with Kenneth Walker yeah, in Kenneth the backfield. Yeah. Uh, I watched some tape on him today. I'll, I'll give some of my... Um, thoughts on what I saw today. Uh, but for Auburn guys, starting off with, I mean, obviously this is someone that Auburn's bringing in with the intention to win this starting job. Do you feel I, – I, this is almost the form that we play sometimes, a big deal, little deal, or no big deal, but I'm going to phrase it or frame it like this. Uh, is the chances a, – a big chance he starts, a little chance he starts, or barely a chance he starts. I think we can rule one out, obviously, but right. uh, what is the, the the likeliness here that he does win the job in your eyes? Uh, I think it's pretty likely. I, I do think he uh, he will win the job. Uh, I think Hugh Freeze brought him in here to be the starter, um, and I think just with his ability to pass the ball, he really will – hopefully take this offense to another level. I think that's what everybody's looking for, and that's been the main concern, you know, in the offseason is, you know, every quarterback on this roster just has questionable a questionable arm. It's just, uh, you know, we've seen the flashes from Robbie. Uh, we don't really know about Holden just because he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity, but um, with Peyton Thorne, he's, he's 
I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He threw for over 3,000 yards in 2021 and over 2,500 yards in 2022, and that's definitely more than every quarterback that we had last season. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited. You know, getting some more wide receivers in is definitely a key piece to helping everybody just kind of be successful. But with Peyton, uh, I think he will be the starter. But also, I just shout out to Robbie Ashford, man. I, I know. You know, he tweeted, um, iron sharpens iron, let's get to work. And I just, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. You know, even even if he's not favored to win the job, he's willing to compete um, and and really push himself to be better. And, and maybe, you know, maybe he'll shock people. Maybe he will win the job. I'm not, I, I don't expect him to, but I respect that he's willing to put his head down and put in more work and really grind out. And even if he doesn't get the starting job, you know, um, he's he's just willing to work and i i respect that a lot honestly um and it just goes to show just the type of person that he is so just shout out to robbie i I liked what i when i saw that tweet i was like man you know you can't say that about other quarterbacks that were previously on the roster um that weren't you know that even though competition was brought in they they instead thought of it as um an insult instead of a way to well let me put in more work so um, yeah, I, I, that's much appreciated from Robbie. I, I think that, you know, the the fact that you did bring in another quarterback signals that he's got a pretty good chance to start. I think if Hugh Freeze was solid or it was very confident in what he saw in his quarterback room uh, coming in, you know, after the spring and everything, he would not have dived into the, the quarterback uh, transfer portal as heavily as is you know everybody uh, is reported he did and you know looking at all these you know quarterbacks that have had starting uh starting spots at other schools that are that have jumped in the portal uh so i think he's got a really good chance to start i'm not going to rule out robbie ashford not still winning the job because at the end of the day i think robbie ashford uh has a little bit more of the running side of things than peyton thorne does um to, and and that's you know kind of something you see out of uh, the Hugh Freeze offense is you, you'd like a quarterback that can be a little bit more mobile. But you you know you, you look at his his stats for the you know two years as a in the starting role at Michigan State 2021 2022 obviously 21 was a lot better than 22. But it was you know both stat lines they're kind of you know very similar. You you look at 2021 he had uh, 389 pass attempts. 2022 387 pass attempts. Completed 235 of those in 2021, 242 in uh, 2022. So both around 60% pass completions. Uh, obviously threw for you know a few more yards in 2021 at 3200 to 2600. But you know still not, like it, it, they were very similar stat lines in, in both years at Michigan State. So I think he's got a really good shot to start here. Uh, I think that you know he comes in. I I don't know if he's going to be the the you know the guy that saves the program or anything but he, he's going to be a really uh he's going to be a really good spot to keep you know to build, to start for Hugh Freeze to build his offense on at Auburn yeah that's a really good point about the just the raw numbers of attempts there because uh although he did play one more game in 2021 you, you're right the attempts were almost I mean almost yeah, identical literally. just two difference but he he threw for nearly 550 more yards and his season in 2021 than 2022, clearly creating more explosive plays two years ago than he did last year. Maybe some of that is uh, when they had Kenneth Walker. They were maybe more effective in the play-action game. The good news for Auburn is one of the very few position groups they do like is their running backs, and Jarquez Hunter among them. So I think Auburn would be able to have that part of it. So when I was watching the film of Peyton Thorne, I wanted to watch a little bit of everything. I wanted to see some stuff where everyone puts out their best plays. So I wanted to see what his best stuff looked like. But I also wanted to watch, and I was able to find uh, some footage of him playing at some of his worst football back in 2021, even though this was his little better year in some respects, when they got pounded by Ohio State. Uh, it was like 49 to 7 or 52 to some, 7, something like that. And he completed only like 37% of his passes in that game. It was by far his worst game of the year and of his career. And what I noticed about him in all situations so, you know, his rushing numbers are not great uh, because he took some sacks. And what I realized when watching that tape is he was under duress a lot. And what I really liked about Peyton Thorne when I watched him is that he navigates the pocket pretty well. I know he took a lot of sacks ultimately, but I watched a lot of other plays where he 
did a really good job of climbing the pocket. He did a really good job when he needed to of of knowing when was the time to dip out. Sometimes he could go all the way up and then out of the pocket. So he really did a good job, I felt, of navigating dirty pockets and being able to extend some plays in that manner. Now, speed-wise, obviously he is not going to be anywhere near the level of Robbie Ashford from a speed department. He is okay, though. He is average he speed. He is average speed. He is not going to uh, absolutely – you. <laughs> right. He's not going to He's not gonna outrun a DB. But at the same time, you know, he does have some escapability. I watched him and, and some of his uh, – some of his good tape. I did watch him run a couple read options out of pistol. Uh, now they were against some weaker competition. I believe Young, Youngstown State was one of them. But he did run a little read option, which, of course, that's not going to be as heavy for Hugh Freeze as it was for Gus Malzahn, but that is a part of the playbook for Hugh Freeze. We will see that at times. And so the fact that Thorne, that's how he had four rushing touchdowns in 2021 was a few runs like that. They also had a QB draw that he looked good on, got about 18 to 20 yards. So I think that there's enough maneuverability there. Uh, to please you and again it's not going to be 15 design runs a game but the willingness is there and again an average uh, foot speed so he would be able to move a little bit and again I I think that his arm strength uh, if I'm continuing to break down the game the arm strength is okay it would not be plus for me again it would be kind of on the the average side of things that being said his deep ball accuracy was pretty good he really seemed to perfect at michigan state the back shoulder throw he did a really good job with that and some of those deep balls and back shoulder throws are the kind of stuff you want to do with bigger bodied receivers which brings us to our next point before we take a break that's something hugh freeze loves that's something that auburn is getting more of and in the transfer portal auburn not done Right now, scheduling an official visit with one of his teammates from Michigan State in the form of Keon Coleman. Oh, Keon Coleman in 2022, 798 yards on 58 catches and seven touchdowns. He is 6'4", 210. That's a big-bodied wide receiver uh, who Peyton Thorne was throwing to last year. So Auburn has uh, got a visit with him scheduled for this weekend. Uh, again, not to jump the gun, but it's very possible if Auburn can land that commitment, oh they got their number one quarterback and number one wide receiver, both for Michigan State in the span of just days, depending on Coleman commits. So there's that Colorado transfer you referred to, Cam, and also Keon Coleman. But, you know, job's not finished here in the portal. No. Still trying to upgrade that wide receiver room, and it looks like Auburn is, is trying to get uh, in the mix very quickly to do that too. Yeah, uh, I mean, wow, that, that Keon Coleman – uh, visit is is actually news to me. Uh, that that's very exciting. I Michigan State fans are going to be like, what? The yes, <laughs> an irrational yeah. disdain for oh, Auburn. Man, right, right. They'll they'll forever be cursing Auburn's name. But that's uh that's great. It's really exciting. And and if we can land, you know, two or three, two of these guys, you know, uh, the Colorado transfer and Keon Coleman, that will bolster the wide receiver room immensely. Um, like you said, those numbers, I mean, 58 catches on seven for 798 yards, seven touchdowns. Love that. Love to hear it. Uh, averaging 13.8 yards per catch. That's that's great. Um, and so if, if Auburn can land Keon Coleman, uh, that, that's a big pickup. He's from Louisiana. So that might be a little bit of our our our, uh, our boy T. Reed's kind of realm to kind of you know bring him bring him in here use the Louisiana collection uh, excuse me connection so that'll definitely be something to look into I I would not be surprised if we if we did end up getting uh, Keon Coleman yeah you you look at Peyton Thorne you know obviously you know we talked about it, Peyton Thorne's strength is the passing game well the 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 only negative side to bringing him in is hey yeah he's a great, great passer who's he throwing to. Uh, it, the 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 wide receiver room is is by far one of the one of the most at need positions for Auburn. So if you can go out and you can pull in a number one quarter a a what you would presume would be your number one quarterback, and then pull in a guy that he loves to throw His to top receiver. It, it it's it you know it, it's a win win for Hugh Freeze in this offense. Huge. And it's I'm not you know again it it's not going to it it may not be the move that you know gets Auburn over the hump you know over that hump to like an eight win season or something like that. But it, it's going to it, it sets a standard and it sets a it sets a good foundation for Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery what they want to do with that offense here in the first year uh, of the Hugh Freeze era. So again to recap, Peyton Thorne out of Michigan. State now an Auburn Tiger that is signed, sealed, and delivered. His top wide receiver last year, Keon Coleman, 
He had 58 catches, 798 yards, seven touchdowns, a 6'4 wide receiver, is scheduling a visit for with Auburn for this weekend. He's also going on a visit to Florida State this weekend. Florida State has been kind of the leader in the clubhouse for him. He's been in the portal for a while, and Florida State thinks they have a really good chance of him, but Auburn trying to make a late run. And then Auburn also has a visit scheduled, or actually a crystal ball, maybe a visit too, but a crystal ball for that Colorado wide receiver, yeah. Montana, Montana Lamonius Craig, uh, 6'2", 185 out of Colorado, not near the production of Coleman, uh, but 23 catches, 359 yards, and three touchdowns last year as a junior uh, with Colorado. So yeah. Auburn is very busy right now, uh, kind of a little bit late as all the main guys are in the portal. I mean, everyone's in the portal unless you're a grad transfer that you have to be at this point. But the Tigers now starting to make some noise here on the back end of that window, getting a quarterback and trying to lock in on a couple wide receivers to add to that wide receiver room. We're going to take our first time out of the show today. We'll come back, birthdays in sports, and we'll also go to the Auburn Bank phone line when we return to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger Call into the show. Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Canberry, and Brooks Childress with you here this afternoon. Again, getting off air about 4.30 today. Auburn softball coming on our airwaves at about 4.45. It's a big weekend on the Plains for the batted ball sports. Tis. Auburn's got number one LSU in baseball coming to Plainsman Park. They're going to fly the Eagles Saturday night. We hope the baseball flies out of the ballpark only when Auburn's hitting. Only and, when one of the Tigers are hitting. Right, only, only when Auburn's hitting. And then uh, Auburn softball with the finale of the regular season, final series in the SEC, trying to lock up a top-four seed in the SEC tournament. So, again, we'll be getting off air to make way for that at about 4.30 today. Let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. Charles Nagy turns 56 today, former pitcher, most well-known for his time with the Cleveland Indians. Nagy was born in Connecticut where he was a high school star in baseball and football. He played college baseball at UConn. Let's go Huskies! Where he set several school records and was the first Husky to be named Big East Pitcher of the Year, which he won twice. Also became the first UConn player to be taken in the first round of the MLB draft when he was drafted by Cleveland 17th overall in 1988. Made his debut in 1999, pitched 12 of his 13 seasons in Cleveland, three-time All-Star, and is in the Guardians Hall of Fame. Charles Nagy turns 56 today. Terry Baker turns 82, former running back and point guard. Baker grew up in Portland, where he was a star in basketball, football, and baseball. He led Jefferson to four state championships between the three sports over his high school days and played both football and basketball at Oregon State. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Baker won the Heisman Trophy as running back for the Beavers in 1962, also winning the Maxwell Award and being named an All-American. In basketball, he was point guard for the Beavers and helped the Beavers make a Final Four appearance. Man, he success in every way. He was point guard, or excuse me, made the Final Four, then was a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. In 1963, drafted first overall by the L.A. Rams and played pro football for three seasons. Terry Baker turns 82. Really did it all, didn't he? Yes, he did. James Conner turns 28, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Conner was born in Pennsylvania, played college football at Pitt. Go Pantas. Uh, 
I was worried about there about you there for a second. You see what what what's thrown me off is I w- you said Oregon. I was really getting ready to make a duck noise, and you said state, and it threw me off for a second because I had to recover there, and I'm still uh-huh. trying to recover. Well, we'll get you right. right. You'll have one more opportunity here in just a second. As a sophomore, Connor was named ACC Player of the Year. Was named an All American. Was injured as a junior, but came back as a senior. Was named All ACC. Taken in the third round of the 2017 NFL Draft by the Steelers, made two bro- Pro Bowls with the team. In 2021, he was traded to Arizona, and he's won the game of life as he defeated cancer as well on his NFL journey. James Conner has turned 28 today. Really good college running back. Absolutely. I remember North Carolina not being able to tackle him. Of course, that was not unique to him. They didn't tackle a lot of people, uh, <laughs> depending on the, the, the year, but uh, they certainly didn't tackle him well. Masin Muhammad turns 50. Muhammad was born in Michigan, where he was a star in football and basketball and track. He played college football at Michigan. Let's go Wolverines! And was drafted in the second round of the 1996 draft by the Carolina Panthers. He spent 10 of his 13 seasons in Carolina. One-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. In 2004, he led the NFL in both receiving yards and touchdowns. Machine wow. Muhammad turns 50 today. And those are on the birthdays in sports. Presented by Max Credit Union, Charles Nagy turns 56, Terry Baker 82, James Conner 28. And Musin Muhammad turns 50. Carolina got a good little streak there. They were able to go from Musin Muhammad to Steve Smith. And then from Steve Smith to Kelvin Benjamin. I don't know. It, it, it declined. But they had a they had a back-to-back great franchise wide receivers there. And Musin Muhammad was certainly one of them. I believe he ended as a bear, if I'm remembering that correctly. Isn't it amazing how – I know it happens all the time, and it's, it's not really this, you know – great you know this this thing that you should like wow i can't believe that happened but how you you got you know a guy like kelvin benjamin you remember him in college like man he was so good yes and then as soon as he gets the when you start talking about his nfl like you you went kelvin benjamin like that's how you refer to him in his nfl studies kelvin benjamin he 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 got fat (laughs) he did (laughs) he just legitimately was overweight to play uh, that position um he took big bodied receiver to the next level (laughs) So, yeah, anyway. Um, a little too much Bojangles up there in the pan- in right. Carolinas. Of course, at the end of the day, we're just all salty oh, about what man. he did in college, and we can <sighs> we can also admit that out loud, too. But those yes. are the <laughs> – that's, that's the first step of healing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. is admitting. Is admission. Yeah. Except, there, there except. you go. All right, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, tiger 9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time. Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? It's a Friday, fun Friday. So good afternoon, guys. How are everybody doing? Doing well. We're doing sir. great. Okay, so it's a uh, Brian, and it's a uh, Cam. Correct. And married man. That's right. Yes, married man. All right. Uh, I won't continue to, to to pick on you if that bothers you. Okay. No, you you keep going, Steve. <laughs> I I enjoy like you brought it up. I enjoyed uh, and still enjoy to this day the the married man uh, bit from the the John Boy and Billy Big Show. Yeah, oh, do they still have it on? I, I think they still do. Yeah. Okay. Hi, right, but yeah, when I thought about it, why don't we go with married man, married man, married man? Okay. <laughs> all right. So, guys, uh, it sounds like you're all leaning for the starter to be Mr. Thorne. Am I correct on yes. that? Yes. Yes. Okay. And the reasons why over uh, Mr. Ashford? A uh, much more established passer. Um, is quarterback a, a power five offense for multiple years now and was a part of one really excellent team at Michigan State two years ago. Uh, obviously not quite the same success last year, but still okay. And I, I think that, uh, again, he has some traits as a passer uh, that, that have him far advanced over Ashford, such as the ability to maneuver the pocket. You know, with Robbie Ashford, obviously he's so athletic, so some of that is a given. But at the same time, Ashford would not necessarily be able to just kind of hang in there and navigate the pocket. He would just escape the pocket, and then that would, you know, kind of uh, dilute the it, the the options he would have from that point forward. So now, again, you can always develop and that sort of thing, and, and we leave room for that in saying we're not a hundred percent confident that Thorne will be the starter. But I think he will have a clear edge when he gets to campus. So is this? Uh, Freeze's boom, as he was talking about, he's looking for? I mean, this it's a solid get for sure. Uh, he will still have to be a little better than he was at Michigan State to be one of the, the elite quarterbacks out there. But he was a solid quarterback, absolutely. Uh, and, again, was a part of successful teams. And, uh, again, plus 60% passer, 
Uh, did some really good things. Has some mobility despite rushing numbers that weren't great because of sacks. Michigan State so, fans were upset to lose him. Right, and, and and Cam makes a good point there that Michigan State's certainly not happy about, about not having him anymore. So, again, uh, is he an elite quarterback? Not right now. Maybe he will get even a little bit better and start to approach that, that territory. But right now he's a solid quarterback, and he is an upgrade for Auburn. Okay. Well, I'm glad we, we got him. Uh, I'm still a uh... – Partisan lean with uh, Miss Robbie Ashford. Uh, I love his efforts, and uh, he's uh, apparently, uh, I guess, intimidated by, by the uh, commitment. Uh, and you know, let me throw this at you guys. You know, he's familiar with the playbook, um, be, be be what it is. So, how would that be uh, an advantage or disadvantage uh, to either quarterback? Uh, I think Ashford is a little bit more familiar, and Michigan State's quarterback is not. Well, I mean, this is about as yeah. unfamiliar as familiar gets because Hugh Freeze is a is the is a new head coach, so everything Ashford did has spring practice, right? You know, but spring practice is not much. Spring practice is is a few weeks long, and it's fifteen to twenty practices, and and that's it. That's that's really not a lot, and. Uh, again, you know, there's also some reports that he had some shoulder problems throughout. So then you start to doubt how active he was each and every practice. Yeah, that's just not that's not enough to really matter a lot, in my opinion, of uh, of knowing the system versus not. I mean, he he might know it a little better than Thorne, obviously, because something's better than nothing. But it's not like he's got years of experience here. So no big advantage. Then. I, I I wouldn't think so. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, let's see how uh, all pans out then. Uh, moving on to baseball and softball, guys. I was reading today on two four seven sports. I think it was uh, Jason Campbell's mailbag on Friday that it looks like Pinto's going to start tonight. Uh, start uh, yeah, tonight and Sunday, and Saturday will be Shelby Low. Is that is that clear? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be Shelby or Annabelle on Saturday. It has it has been very common for for Maddie to pitch Friday and Sunday. Uh, they want to pitch her twice in each SEC series and. Obviously, don't want to pitch her back to back if they can help it. The weather last week made them made them do that, but she was still awesome on both Saturday and Sunday. So she can go back to back days, but the preference is to break her up with with somebody in the middle there, and that's kind of fluctuated between Shelby or Annabelle. And I think it just depends on the matchup there. So, how many must wins does a softball team need against uh, this state? They need to win the series. They need to win two out of three. If they sweep, then I don't have. You know, anything, any worries in the back of my mind. If they win two out of three, then in the back of my mind, I might still think, oh, can you just go ahead and make sure you get one win in the SEC tournament to solidify yourselves? But if they sweep Mississippi State, I don't even think they'd have to win an SEC tournament game. And if they win two out of three, you know, again, close call. It might be relevant what other teams do. But I I think winning the series will be enough to, to, A, for Auburn to be a top four seed in the SEC tournament and get that by. But then also, I think they'll be a top sixteen team as long as they win two out of three. Yeah, you know, you, you look at the different rankings. It depends on where they are. I know, I know the some rankings have them right right at fifteen this week. Yeah, for nineteenth. Yeah, and the nineteenth, they're they're nineteenth right now in RPI right now. And so, you, if you you know if you're going strictly off of RPI, you say, oh, they still have a little bit of work to do. But the when the when the committee is putting together the top sixteen teams, they're not looking strictly at RPI. They're looking at all the different things. So all those different factors. I'm I'm with Ryan. I, I think that it's it they're right there. If they win this series or you know sweep the series, they should be in, in that hosting position. Okay. Um, well, um, let's hope to, they can do it. Now, move over to the baseball game, guys. Uh, yes, the uh... LSU. LSU. Uh, they they've got their star pitcher who is a transfer, right? Right. They've got they've had a few transfers. Yep. Okay. So what kind of likelihood percentage-wise do you see us with our freshman pitcher going against their number one pitcher? Again, of all, of all the games, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, right. I mean, today is, is going to be probably the least likely because their pitcher is 8-1 and one with a 1.93 ERA. Uh, but to be fair, that's so good. Like You almost feel better if you're yeah. Auburn about making sure you have your top guy against one of their lesser guys. Because, again, Auburn's goal here – Obviously, they want to win as many as possible. I don't want to belittle the fact that they're, if they're in another game that they're not going to try and win it. They're going to try and win every game. But they they will have a successful weekend if they can take one. If they just take one, 
against the number one team in the country on the heels of taking two against the top five team last weekend. That is so good on the resume. That sets them up for just needing to win some series down the stretch against the, the lowest two teams in the SEC. And so they, they are they're in a great position for, for making the tournament if they just get one. All right, because I have a look, guys. Maybe you already know it. How many SEC teams have won two out of three against LSU? Maybe one. I will double check uh, their their schedule real quick. That's it. Uh, winning two out of three against them. Yeah, I mean they they yeah. win pretty much every series they they play. Yeah, even on the road. Yeah, I, this is the number one team in the country. <laughs> like you, you're number one for a reason. You win a lot of baseball games. Uh, yeah. I'll double Did check. Tennessee this. do it? No, they got. I think they swept Tennessee. Uh, I'm scrolling right now. So their first SEC series was Texas A&M. They won two out of three. They then played Arkansas. They won two out of three. Of course, Arkansas is excellent. Tennessee, they won two out of three. South Carolina, they played uh, only played two of them. One got canceled. They went one and one against South Carolina. They won two out of three against Kentucky. They swept Ole Miss, who's had a rough year. Then they swept Alabama, and now they got Auburn. So, yes, they have not lost an SEC series yet. Sheesh. Wow. That's what it takes to be number one. That's what it takes, huh? Oh, yeah, it takes a lot of wins. <laughs> okay, no, a lot of NIL money, I, I take it as well? Yes, that does not hurt. They, they've certainly done that. Do they have scholarships like we don't? They do have more scholarships. I mean, pretty much anyone uh, because of the, the lottery deal and all that. Pretty much everyone has has more scholarships in baseball than Auburn. Okay, all right. And I recall about Wash about uh, Mississippi State. They're I mean they're, they're pretty bad. They're six and fourteen, I think. Isn't it that re- the record? Uh, you said Mississippi State softball. Yeah, yeah. I think they're six and fourteen. Their SEC record. Uh, they are. They are at towards the bottom of the SEC. Yes, they are six and fourteen. So they've had a game canceled. Normally they would have played twenty one games by now. But yes, six and fourteen. They're one of the three or four SEC softball teams that will probably not make the NCAA tournament. So, um, I know Tom's you know, default is anything can happen, but, I mean, we should win two out of three. Uh, I mean, that, that, that shouldn't be a struggle, right? I, I, again, I can't promise it won't be a struggle, but, yes, Auburn should win two out of three. They are the better team. They are at home. The, the highest probability is that they do win two out of three. But, again, you got to play them on the field. Okay, and uh, just real quickly, guys, um, I didn't see the game. I read from Bleacher Report it said, uh, "Don't don't go, you know, Gaga over game one win by the Lakers, and they lost by twenty seven last night. Is that right? That is correct. They were yep. down thirty after three. Holy crap! Yeah, they got but beat up pretty bad. This stat: If you're a betting person, uh, game twos uh, are sixteen and one by the home team. Having lost their first, uh, having lost game one, I didn't know that was that kind of stat. Yeah, the the sense of urgency just is so high because if you're the home team and you lose both the first two games, both on your home court, I mean that I, that's close to series over at that point. That that is a that would be alarming. And when you are the losing team in game one, you're the team that that adjusts. So when you have a half decent coach and you have a good home crowd, just everything kind of goes in your favor in game two. And I think Golden State proved that this is going to be a long series. Uh, I think the Lakers kind of shut it off there towards the, the second half as the Warriors kept reigning in three. So, uh, again, I don't think that means all of a sudden the Warriors are going to go win four straight or anything like that. But we, we should have a really good series, and it's going to go back and forth. Okay, guys. I know my time is way, way up. I thank you for the time you allow me. So with that, I have a relaxing, entertaining weekend. And uh, Mr. Uh, Married Man? Yes, sir. Please uh, tell Grace, uh, I said, uh, I wish her the very best in putting up with you. I, I will do that. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Have a safe afternoon and enjoy uh, the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Until then, War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve, you too. Hope you have a great weekend. As retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We've only got about a minute and a half or so left in the hour, so we will keep it right here. Yeah, the batted ball sports at Auburn. We won't get too much into the matchup right here in just in just 90 seconds. But to kind of go over the standings update and for softball in particular, it, it looks like this. Tennessee's 17-4. They've already locked up a double bye. Georgia's 15-5. They've locked up a double bye. Arkansas and Auburn, they're both 13-8. and eight. 
in the SEC. I don't think those two teams played each other in softball this year, so I don't know how the tiebreaker would shake out, although if you look at the SEC, Arkansas is slated above Auburn. Maybe it's overall record, and boy, it's close overall. Arkansas 37-14, and 14, Auburn 37-15. and 15. And then Alabama is fifth at 12-9, and nine, then LSU sixth at 11-10. and 10. And so, obviously, Auburn won both of those series. They have tiebreakers there. That's why if Auburn wins two out of three against Mississippi State, they'll lock up the top four seed no matter what Alabama does. And, of course, if Alabama loses a game, that that is all the more merrier for Auburn. But it it really is the ball in Auburn's court there to lock up the top four seed. That would have them playing Thursday in the SEC tournament. We do not know when the time will be. I actually looked this up earlier today, trying to look up last year's seedings, uh, and I think the 4-5 was, I want to say, a 4 o'clock game or 5 o'clock game last year, but we don't know. They, they've announced what days every all the seeds will play on, but they've not announced what times they would be on on Thursday. I think they're going to wait uh, for the host team to maybe make a decision, depending on where the host team will play. and. Uh, and, and all that. So we don't know when they would play, just that it would be on Thursday if Auburn can secure that double buy in the SEC tournament in softball. We are out of time for hour number one. Again, a half hour coming up, and then Auburn softball will be on the airwaves at 445. So stay stay tuned. More sports call coming up after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Barry with you here this afternoon. I said final hour, but more like a half hour as we're getting off here about 4.30. Auburn softball taking on Mississippi State. 445 airtime right here on Tiger 95.9. 5 o'clock first pitch inside of Jane B. Moore Field. A little bit of a dreary day. Still trying to keep the rain away. Parts of Alabama have been wet today, but uh, very cloudy here. A little drizzle at times. Uh, So hopefully there is uh, no uh, deterrence from play tonight, as uh, I'm seeing on the radar. There is a shower right over Auburn University right now. Awesome. Great stuff. Um, Great stuff. But, uh, yeah, so we hope uh, no no deterrence there. And overall, it's going to be a, a good weather weekend. It's going to start to warm up this weekend, too. And it's a perfect opportunity for uh, these batted ball sports. We told you the situation with Auburn softball on the other side of the break. With Auburn baseball now, turning attention to Plainsman Park. A really exciting weekend being put on at Plainsman Park between, obviously, number one LSU in town, flying the Eagle for the first time ever Saturday night, They've aligned the starting pitching to more be more influential Saturday and Sunday with Tommy Bell going Saturday, Christian Hoverholes going Sunday. So Tigers just trying to find a way to get one after getting two against South Carolina last weekend. But a big series for Auburn, obviously a couple series behind in softball because, or a couple series behind softball as the softball season uh, only plays 24 games, and then the season's complete in the regular season, and baseball play 30 conference games. So 
Uh, got a few more weeks of baseball left, but but guys, if, if Auburn can get another one on top of what they did last weekend against South Carolina, it's going to be hard to beat that resume turn uh, for for bubble teams come tournament time. And you know, I, we mentioned I mentioned it before the uh, on before the last break when we were talking to Steve about Auburn. You know, right now in softball is 19th in RPI, and I'm one of those people that does put a little more emphasis on RPI, and and so you know, but but. You combine everything together. Auburn softball, you know, seems to be in a position where they they could uh, end up hosting in the the first round of the regionals. Baseball RPI. Auburn baseball is currently right now thirty six in the country in RPI. And so if you you if you're like me and put a little more emphasis on the RPI, they are solidly right now in that field. And I I know it's not you know you, there's not just those sixty four teams in the RPI, but. You know, you, you still you, you would feel like they're, they're in the field, obviously not in any sort of place that they're going to be anywhere close to the hosting this year, even if they were to, you know, get, you know, take two out of three from LSU, and, you know, run the rest of their table and do good in the, the, the SEC tournament, probably still just a little bit outside of that hosting area. But you, you feel like right now they're in a good position to be in that NCAA tournament field. You feel like they're in a good position to, to make the SEC tournament as well. All you have to do, and it's like you said, Ryan, and, and I know, you know, we, we we go through all year. Butch Thompson has said several times, you know, over his time at Auburn, and we we continue to talk about it. When you're playing uh, and during the season, especially these three game weekend series, you want to uh, ideally it'd be if you're you're playing at home, you want to take two at home, one on the road. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what you did last weekend? You took two on the road, and so now if you if you just want to reverse that, you took two on the road last weekend against the top five team. And I, I'm in full agreement with you, Ryan. If you just take one at home versus the number one team in the country, that's going to bolster your resume. That's going to put you in a really good position as long as you go and take care of business the next two weekends. You go play a, a final road series next weekend at Ole Miss. You take care of business there. And then the final series of the regular season is back at home and playing some park against Missouri. Those two teams are actually playing this weekend in uh, uh, up in Columbia, Missouri. And Missouri came back and uh, had a seven-run deficit last night, came back to uh, beat Ole Miss with a, a game-winning, uh, ultimately game-winning home run in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning last night. And so those two teams playing right uh, this weekend. And so if you can take care of business against those two, and obviously your, your two midweek games that are coming up, I think you got Samford coming up this week and then Jacksonville State uh, the week after that. And if you take care of business and take one of these from LSU, or even, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say it's, de- if you get swept by LSU, I wouldn't say it's detrimental as long as you're in those games. As long as it's not 17 to 4 at the end of the game, I think uh, I think you're still getting, you know, you're, people are not going to take away the, the committee when they, they're looking at the resume, they're not going to say, oh, right. you got swept by LSU. Well, guess what? Been. Almost everybody else in this conference has gotten swept by LSU that they've played. And so it's, uh, it, Auburn has put themselves in a really good situation, especially with last weekend going on the road and taking two out of three from South Carolina. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just getting getting that one will definitely be crucial if you're Auburn. Like we've said over and over, LSU is a very, very, very good team. Um, so, so just that, that's all I can say is just hopefully, you know, they'll they'll be able to get the one. Uh, and build off of it and I think you're right Brooks with the committee as long as you're in games and I bet you you know the committee will appreciate competitiveness Um, getting blown out by LSU I'm sure plenty of teams in the SEC did Um, but but if you can just remain competitive at home um, that that gives you some some real good chances to kind of build off that momentum and you're right you, you just need to take care of business with Ole Miss and uh, Missouri in the next two weekends, and and you'll be able to really probably solidify yourself. So SEC baseball standing-wise, again, there was a fear maybe pre-South Carolina series that Auburn wasn't necessarily locked into going to, to Hoover. And to be fair, if they lost out, if they just irrationally lost nine straight, yeah, yeah. at that point that would be a concern again. But – um, going to assume that they have at least a couple more SEC wins in them. So they're really not worried about that any longer. But again, after this series, the two remaining opponents are the two teams that start SEC play this weekend with the two worst records, both 5-16 and, and 16 coming into this series for Ole Miss and Missouri. As Brooks said, Missouri won last night, so they're 6-16 six and 16 now. That series is very pivotal in determining – who's going to go to Hoover, the, the loser of that series is, is probably going to be packing their bags. But nevertheless, both those teams uh, play Auburn. And so Auburn's got two of the e- 
easy. I'm not going to say easiest because nothing's easy in the SEC, but two of the easier situations that you could play in the SEC after this one. That's why we're all talking about this win as if it's gold because if they get to a 10th conference win before those series, odds are they're winning at least one of those series. They, they, they probably should win both, but they, they will win at least one, and then all they have to do is avoid a sweep in the other, and that's the, thir- the magical, mythical 13 SEC wins that we always talk about that, that pretty much gets you in. And it gets you in because if you go 13 and 17 in this league, that always contains 7, 8, 9 NCAA tournament teams, and then 4 or 5 top 10 teams on an annual basis. That means you've beaten some really good teams to get to 13 SEC wins, and Auburn can say they are no exception after that South Carolina uh, series. I'll tell you a little bit about why LSU is so damn good. Team ERA not as robust as South Carolina, so that maybe that's good news. Maybe more opportunities for Auburn to score. I think South Carolina's team ERA was in the mid-threes coming into play last weekend. LSU's is in the mid-four, so uh, opportunity for Auburn to score. They do have – LSU does have a, a great pitcher tonight with a sub-two ERA, but after that, it's not as dominant. But they're hitting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. Their three or four best hitters are going to go really high in the MLB draft when it's time for that. Everyone knows about Tommy White. That was Tommy Tanks, if you right. remember him from NC State last yeah. year, had a million home runs. Yeah. He's had you know a ho hum three sixty nine <laughs> season where <laughs> he's hit si- sixteen homers and knocked oh in seventy three. Jeez, that's I I don't that's what's how do you knock in seventy three in forty games? That's eh. insane. That's a that's like jeez, that's a broken. Gotta stats. get those numbers that's up. Insane. But what if I told you? What if I told you there was someone hitting a hundred points higher than Tommy White this year what? for LSU? Uh, buy or sell Dylan Cruz, who's hitting four eighty six this year My. with thirteen homers and fifty three RBIs. Can I can I, I interest just, you in that? Can I, I interest you in an on base percentage? For. Can I interest <sighs> you in an on base percentage of six thirty three? Oh my god! <laughs> Three out of five oh times god. plus, Dylan Cruz is on base. That's if he, that's church league softball. Right? Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Seriously, if he, uh, if he comes to the plate five times tonight, he on average he is on base three times tonight. All right then. Uh, that's just, just chalk crazy. For go ahead, three for five. And then I'll add in Jared Jones too for good measure just here. Walk him, yeah. Jared Jones hitting three forty one with fourteen homers, forty five RBIs. They do have a fourth player in Gavin Dugas who has eleven home runs and is hitting three fifteen. My goodness! Uh, man. Again, the team just mashes, just yeah. absolutely mashes, and uh, they they do it in all all types of ways. So the pitching is going to be tested. Uh, I know that Steve. Alluded to this yesterday and asked, well, is Auburn kind of waving the white flag on game one tonight? No, they would never wave the white flag before the game. However, given that the pitching situation is going to be more difficult, given it is LSU's ace, I think Auburn's calculus is let's go ahead and realize that it's going to be tough to beat their ace no matter what. Right. We have pitching deficiencies. There's going to have to be just one or two games where we go all in at. We're not going to be able to run everyone out there all three games. Let's focus on when LSU is more likely to be giving up runs. Let's go ahead and pair our best with their not as good, and let's try and get those. And I think that's part of the reason Vail's going Saturday night. I also think part of the reason Vail's going Saturday night is they really want Saturday night to be a, a, a happening event. They, yeah, yeah. What, big what electric they, thing. The, the 8 yeah. o'clock game late night. Uh, finals just concluded. They're flying the Eagle for the first time. They're making Saturday night a big deal. That That Event. is the game. Uh, I'm not saying Auburn can't win either tonight or Sunday night, but Saturday night is the game that Auburn deep down, that that's the one they want the most uh, given everything that's going on. And so tonight's going to be difficult. Auburn's going to have to hit early. They're going to have to get ahead of that starter uh, and get him out of the game as quickly as they can. But if Auburn gets down 6-1, 7-3, 8-2, Early on, middle innings, you know that that you're probably going to see some arms that are, are are not maybe at the top of the line for the bullpen because they're probably going to they 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 would wave a a a white a hypothetical white flag if they get down early in this game, I think. But obviously, with Butch Thompson's club, how they compete, how they are able to battle back in some games too, they're going to go into this with the same mindset that they're going to try and jump on this kid early and try and score. It's just going to be very difficult to do that tonight. Uh, and then again with LSU, I mean, guy. I mean, I, I try and talk about the way I handicap some stuff in college baseball. Is I usually give 
like 50 to 75 points off of a college hitter and compare it to a major league hitter. Like if someone's hitting 350 in college, to me that's the equivalent of like hitting about 300, 290 in major league baseball. So for Cruz to be still hitting 486, in my mind, that's like he's hitting 410, 420 in in major league baseball. That's how good (laughs) Dylan Cruz is. Uh, And and so that's going to be a big test tonight and throughout the weekend. We are excited about it. Uh, as number one LSU comes into town, again, Auburn would do a world of wonders to the resume if they can just get one game. We're going to take our final commercial break of the show. Again, getting off air at about 4.30, so we'll be ra- back to wrap up this week in Sports Call right after this. Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. Now back to the multi-time Abbey Award winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Brooks Childers talking about pizza on your break. I, I Not on the question. air. <laughs> well, now we are. I, are you a Domino's man? No. Oh, thank goodness. Papa. Okay. Oh, eh, okay. I can uh, of, of, the, of the chain uh, delivery places, Papa John's. All right. I, can, I, can I, I like them all. I yeah. like pizza. That just is who I am. I feel it. Um, pizza, wings, and steak would describe me pretty pretty, pretty accurately. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we were talking about the various marketing of Pizza Hut, which they market all the time. And then I personally am a little disappointed whenever I eat anything from there. The Pizza <laughs> Hut buffet was what was good about them, and now it is less of a thing. Right? If it's even a thing, I don't, I don't even know even if it's, think a, it's thing. a thing anymore. Yeah. So I I lost my interest, but oh well. Um, final few minutes left of the show. Again, getting off air in just about five minutes. Auburn softball against Mississippi State. Coming up at 445, I didn't want to say one word on Auburn softball's RPI, too. I was looking at this, Brooks, and this is why you, you got to, again, as you say, take a little bit of everything. Yeah. So while their RPI is 19th, let me point you to 18th in the RPI, Central Arkansas out of the A-Sun, and 10th, Louisiana out of the Sun Belt. Both are only ranked in the 20s, respectively, in the national polls. Yeah. Therefore, I do not expect either one of them. And also, there are some limitations on you have to have a certain amount of seats and certain operations to host regional sites. I'm going to go out on the limb that certainly Central Arkansas would have trouble doing that, and maybe Louisiana as well. So uh, that's a couple teams uh, inherently in front of them that I just don't think would, would stay there come selection day so again Auburn in a good pretty good place they can win this Mississippi State series especially if they can sweep the series I think they are going to be in good shape and of course if you're just joining us if you have not heard the news with Auburn football Peyton Thorne the Michigan State transfer he will transfer to Auburn he has already signed there will be no decommitting jazz and all that he's coming to play quarterback at Auburn next year and he's trying I don't. I shouldn't say maybe he himself, but Auburn is trying to pair him up with his number one wide receiver at from Michigan State, Keon Coleman, a six four two ten wide receiver who had nearly eight hundred yards last year, seven touchdowns. He will be taking a visit to Auburn, uh, projected to be on Sunday. He also has a visit planned for Florida State, so Florida State very much in the running for him. And then Auburn also picking up a crystal ball today for a wide receiver out of Colorado. Sky High in Colorado, Montana, Lamonis Craig, a 300. What a name. Yeah. It's a, it, Lamonius maybe even too. I say Lamonis, but it could be Lamonius. Who knows? We'll see if he gets here. Uh, but uh, uh, I will be calling him MLC. That would be not. That, <laughs> if, he's, if he's good, we're doing that. Yeah. If he's good, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But 359 yards, three touchdowns at Colorado last year. 
as a junior. So Auburn trying to rework that passing game, rework the wide receiver room a little bit, and certainly will have a new quarterback next year to at minimum compete for the job. But I think the consensus here is he's going to go into the fall as the favorite to win the job ahead of Robbie Ashford. But as Cam pointed out, uh, good attitude from Robbie Ashford on social media, ready to get to work, or iron sharpens iron. And so uh, we'll see how that battle goes. Just a couple minutes left in the show, though, for the day and for the week. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer Brooks. Yeah. What do we have? Well, I'll tell you what we've got. We've got some sports on for you tonight, but first we're going to start with a movie pick. Get things started for you a little bit early since we're getting off the air a little bit early. Five o'clock, Turner Classic Movies, the 1939 classic The Wizard of Oz is on this afternoon, this evening. So check that out if you are not in the sports mood on this Friday night. The Wizard of Oz coming on for you in the sports world, though. Starting off at 5 o'clock on ESPNU, we got some college lacrosse top 10 matchup between number 7 Cornell and number 9 Yale, 5 o'clock ESPNU. Follow that up tonight at 7.30 by Penn versus Princeton. So some Ivy League lacrosse wow. action for you tonight. Uh, 6 o'clock, or no, 5 o'clock on Golf Network, LPGA Tour continues with the uh, international crown. It's day two of match play between the U.S. and all these different countries. It's, it, it feels like a Ryder Cup kind of deal, but it's not as big. Uh, it, but 5 o'clock Golf Network for that one, or Golf Channel for that one. 6 o'clock ESPN2. We got some college softball for you tonight. Oklahoma takes on Oklahoma State. Big series in the Big 12 this weekend. Oklahoma's going to win. <laughs> Wouldn't not be shocked. Yeah. Uh, then later tonight on ESPN2 at 9.30, it's Washington visiting Stanford in some softball action. And, of course, NBA action continues tonight. 6.40 on ESPN. The Celtics and the 76ers in Game 3 from the Wells Fargo Center. Follow that up at 9 o'clock by Game 3 of the Nuggets Sun Series. Nuggets off to a 2-0 lead in that one. Uh, by the way, the Celtics and 76ers are one apiece there. In, uh, NHL action tonight, 7 o'clock TNT. The Devils and the Hurricanes in Game 2 uh, of that series continues the Stanley Cup playoff. And, of course... You can't end out your nightly TV guy without mentioning Auburn. 5 o'clock SEC Network Plus. And number 15, Tigers take on Mississippi State and some softball action. Number one, LSU visits Auburn Baseball at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus. And then the Atlanta Braves are back in action. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Baltimore Orioles come to town for the first of three tonight. 620, Bally Sports Southeast. And, of course, you can listen to that game on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. And that is your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Thank you very much, Brooks, and thank you for being here throughout the week and for being on the Collinson Beauregard games this week. Yes, sir. And, Cam, thank you for being here as well. Hope you have a great weekend, sir, and we'll see you again next week. Yep, see you next week. And, of course, as always, we appreciate all those that tuned in throughout the week and called in. For Brooks Childress and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Enjoy Auburn softball this weekend. Enjoy Auburn baseball this weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday.